The skills we need to live and work are changing. But what does that mean for education? Over the next few weeks, we'll be talking to inspirational teachers in different countries who are taking the skills that made our modern world possible and reinventing them for a new generation. This is Old School, the skills that made us and how they're changing. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Old School. My guest today trained as an automotive technician and worked in a garage before graduating at the top of her class as a teacher at Jamaica's Vocational Training Development Institute. She is an award-winning teacher whose work with students from poor backgrounds has garnered recognition all around the world, including earning her a place in the list of top 10 finalists for the Global Teacher Prize. Today, she teaches automotive technology at Jonathan Grant High School in St. Catherine, Jamaica. I'm delighted to introduce Tracy Ann Hall. Tracy Ann, how are you? I am. Thank you for having me. It's a real pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thanks so much for your time today. Uh, one of the inspirations behind this podcast was was actually visiting your school in Jamaica. I have with me the the, the badge. Um, you have me. <laughs> yeah, I kept it. Um, I had such a, a wonderful time and I have a very vivid memory of walking I think into your classroom and you had this I want to say internal combustion engine this car engine uh yeah. and you had on the wall like names of all the different parts and I looked at it and realized I probably couldn't name a single part so I left feeling very underpowered but also <laughs> very appreciative of the work that you do. And it, I, I wanted then, I was interested in talking to, to people and to teachers particularly who, who are in charge of teaching this stuff to the next generation, because I realized if it's just people like me, the entire world is gonna shut down tomorrow because nobody would know how to do anything. Um, you, I, I think you trained as a, an automotive technician before you became a teacher. What took you into teaching? Okay, um, well, I started out at the garage, as we mentioned before. Um, it was after I, I took someone, which I call an apprentice, to work alongside me. And while teaching him, you know, I enjoyed the, 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 the idea of passing on knowledge to other persons. And I decided to enroll in VTDI. And that's when my career as a teacher started. I, I, were you still in touch with that apprentice or what? Yes, we still talk, we still talk. I mean, he's, he's such a delight. <laughs> <laughs> You've spoken a lot about the need for learning to be, I hope I'm not passing your words, but for learning to be hands-on, for kids to actually get their hands on stuff. Uh, we see that literally in your classroom with your students learning how to to fix things. What's so special about learning to do stuff with your hands versus most people's traditional view of education, which is learning stuff from books? Okay, um, the, the main thing that, that drove me to believing in hands-on training is that a lot of students might not have the capability to advance academically, I mean, through books and all of that. And um, if they have the opportunity to merge both you know, have a little of the, the, the knowledge from the book, along with doing something with their hands physically, because a lot of students are, kinetic, are, are, are the type of learners that learn by doing. 
you know, and um, it, that, that is what drove me to, to actually decide that that's the area I want to stick to, which is automotive repairs. And, and another factor also is that most students who enter the vocational training um, side of things are the ones who aren't usually classified. In Jamaica, they would call them dunce or they're not very bright. Oh, so, nice. you know, but it, it is very necessary and important for them to get along in society if they have some hands-on training. So how do you change your students' minds about what they're capable of in your classroom? Because that, that's something that helped you to become a finalist for the Global Teacher Prize. It's been widely recognized. You take these kids who come into your classroom who have been told, you know, that they are perhaps not performing as well as the other kids, that their outcomes won't be as good as the other kids. How do you transform their expectations of what they're capable of? That's always my first topic of introduction is to ensure that the students understand that you can do all things. So no matter what people want to label you as, it is important for you to believe in yourself and believe that you can do anything that you set your mind to. So that's the first step. And as, as we go along the way, I, I do show them how important it is to believe in yourself and, 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 and just block out the naysayers because there are a lot of people who will continue to tell them that they cannot. And I tell them when people tell you you cannot, you tell yourself you can. So that, that's what I, I, I try to instill in them on a daily basis. And is that something that they also get from what they learn in your classroom, from learning to fix stuff? It must feel very, I mean, it's kind of the word of the moment, but very empowering to know how to do stuff, right? Like to have a skill. Yeah, yeah, they, they do feel accomplished because I mean, like, for example, um, for the younger students, I have them build circuit board. And when they build that board and they flick that switch on and the light come on, you can see the joy, you know, like I did something, yeah. you know, that type of thing. They come in and they make a car, they come and say, Miss Hall, test my car, see if it's working. You know, some model cars they would make. And, and these are the, this is what drives them because they found out now, yes, I can do something. And, and, and once you start from there, you just build on that. Absolutely. You've encouraged your students, I think, to take their skills from the classroom out into the community to put their skills to good use in the community. Can you talk a little bit about that, about some of the community work that your students have done? Not just automotive, um, because yeah. we're building global citizens. So we want well-rounded students going out. So I, I, teach, I, I, I encourage them, don't just go out in the world saying that you're an automotive technician. You must contribute to the world also. So for, let me start with automotive. So when they, they, they have learned certain skills and, and are ready to an extent, they, I usually encourage them to go to a garage, get some, on the weekends, they can get some more practice. And, and you know, you learn some more and you can also show what you have learned. The other side of it is that, um, I, I take them to homes, children's home. I take them, we used to do this street feeding program. We have not started back since the pandemic ended. So, well, somewhat ended. Um, so we, we, we have not taken them back on the, roads as, on the road as yet, but that was something that we did, you know, and um, currently we, well, 
because of reasons beyond my control, I, I, I'm not at work now. So what, what, what the plan was to get stuff to take to a children's home, which I don't think we'll manage that for this year, but next year we will definitely work on that. So I teach them to give back to society. So whatever way you can, we are currently planning our Labor Day project, which usually um, Labor Day is in May in Jamaica. And on Labor Day, we don't go party, we go and do work in the community. <laughs> So um, we have planned what we're going to do and we are seeking sponsors for that currently because we're going to repaint the pedestrian crossing. We're going to clean up the sidewalk, do some planting because tree planting is another thing that I, I, I incorporate in my um, class. So they have been going out and planting trees. We have planted over 50 so far. <laughs> so that that's another thing that we do because the environment, protecting the environment is very important also. You talked a bit about global citizenship. Um, is that commonly taught in, in classrooms in Jamaica? I, I know in the UK, it's only really starting to become part of the curriculum here now. Like, why is it why is it important? Um, well, currently it's not taught wholesale, but because I was I was introduced to, to, to that through Barty Foundation, you know, I, I brought that into my classrooms more. You know, it, it's important because students have to understand that we are in a global society. You're not just confined to Jamaica, but also to, you know, different segments of the world. If they, most of the time, well, currently in Jamaica, we, there, there's usually recruiting of, of students or not students, but students who have passed through training to go to, for example, Canada. So these students have to understand how to function in other areas in other areas of the world when they're going out. It's important for them to understand, as I mentioned, giving back to society, protecting the environment. So all of those things combined together, you know, fall under global citizenship. You also touched on, you said you were getting sponsors from the business community. I, I imagine that that's a sector you have to work quite closely with for your students, right? So how how is how are business leaders in Jamaica supporting you and and your students? Well, it has been an awesome journey with the persons who have partnered with us. We have automotive companies, we have car rental companies, we have car sales company. So it, it, it's awesome that the, the support from these companies have been tremendous. I mean, um, we have Superior Parts Limited that, that donates engine to the class. Whenever we need, we are out of engines, we can call him. We don't have to go through the long process because it's a lengthy process in Jamaica and chances are you might not get it. So, you know, in order to have the resources I need, thank God for these persons. I mean, Zuki Trucking, they also donated a printer, which we had none. We still are in need of a laptop. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to work on that one. But, I mean, these companies see the need and the importance of investing in students. Auto Channel Limited, um sponsor student to go to the to Jagas to Jamaica German Automotive School which is a high level of training in automotive so these companies really see the importance of investing in the children because these are the same persons who are coming back to build their business so it's interesting because there's so much talk in the I'll call it the kind of global education sector the policy space where I work about the need for employers and policymakers and educators to work more closely together to build skills, which is a very fancy way of saying there's a bit of a mismatch between what employers want, what 
teachers are teaching and what students want to learn. And nobody's figured out really how to square the circle. So it's really amazing to talk to you because you've just gone out and done it, right? Like it wasn't it wasn't uh, some big policy, I, I understand some big policy directive from the government. You were like, my students need support. I know a few businesses. I'm the entrepreneur. I'll go out and do it. Is that is that right? Is that sort of the power of the teacher just getting stuff done? That that's exactly how. If you want things to be done, you have to. Most of the time, I can tell you in Jamaica, you got to go out and get it done yourself. So, so that 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 that's the way I do it. No, it's not yeah. easy, but it can be done. I, I mean, no, it's 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 uh, it's really encouraging to hear, and it's a really a wake up call to all of us listening as well about the power of just reaching out and uh, setting up some meetings. I wanted to talk a little bit about how technology has changed uh, since you qualified as a mechanic in your time as a teacher and how you might think it's going to change over the next few years and specifically automotive technology have you seen as the you know the different engines have come into your classroom have you seen changes are you having to kind of upskill in the way that you change in the way that you train your students or are things sort of staying the same Wow, to be honest, <laughs> there's somewhat, it, it, we haven't, aren't, the changes are there, which I know of. But, you know, for example, you have the hybrid cars, the electrical car, electric cars, all of those technology has not reached my classroom. I can, I can guarantee that much. You know, things as, as simple as a diagnostic tester, you know, we're trying to get one from the government. We haven't gotten one as yet. But what I do as best as I can is to take the children out into the into the industry where they can see these equipment, they can maybe get a, a chance to, to use it. So that's the best I can do now. It hasn't reached my classroom, to be honest. <laughs> and that's interesting. Do you, do you think in a couple of generations, the situation might change? Excuse me. <clears throat> So sorry, let me let me say that again. Do you think in a generation or two the situation might change that you might see more hybrid and electric vehicles that students will need to know how to repair them? Or do you sort of see it being a bit of a steady state where you are? No, it's going to change. It's going to change. I mean, currently we have, I know of um, automotive technicians who are now specializing in repairing hybrid so I, I am in the process of inviting two of those um, technicians into my classroom to introduce it to the students. But as I said, it's totally not in the classroom as yet, but you know, I'm doing my bit to see how best I can get it to the students. So we, we do have persons working, learning how to do these repairs, but as it relates to the curriculum, there has been no change as it relates to these technologies. You know, and um, I do see it's going to change. I mean, it starts with us who are now currently on the ground. You know, so I'll have to, as best as I can, meet with policymakers to see, well, try and get an appointment with some policymakers to see how best um, this, this can change because it, it definitely needs to change. We have hybrid cars in Jamaica, you know, by the thousands. So we are going to need technicians to repair them. It's interesting. It, it touches on something that I wanted to talk about, and this is my little idea, and it could be completely wrong, and apologies to, to you, who is the expert, and to all of our listeners, but um, my sense is 
that cars are just getting more complicated. They're getting more difficult to fix. So perhaps, you know, uh, 20, 30 years ago, you were able to kind of pull up the bonnets and mess around a little bit and fix things that were wrong, replace parts that were broken or, or worn away. And my feeling is that with the new sort of electric cars, which are coming out and even the hybrids, it's just more difficult to do that, that this is taking a kind of level of expertise, which just ordinary people don't have. You know, my 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 dad and mum kind of knew how to fix very basic things that were wrong with their car. It's still in the driving test in the UK where I am, but I have a feeling that in, say, 10 years, if electric cars become the norm, that you just won't be able to do that. Is that is that something that you, you think is right, that it's becoming more of a sort of specialist topic, or am I completely... Wrong. No, I, I don't. I don't see that way. To be honest, I see it the same way we learned how to do the repairs to the older cars. The same process is going to take for us to learn the repairs on the newer cars. So once the training is available, persons will learn how to do them, right? So currently, I think we are in a little space where a lot of training is not available, so persons are having difficulties. But once the training is more widely available for, for technicians, then it won't be that complicated. I remember when the um when we had electronic ignition system just coming out, electronic fuel injection system, persons thought that it would have been difficult, but it was it was not. Because once they had the diagnostic test testing, um test the diagnostic testing tool, they it was easy for them to find out exactly, you know, this part is not correct based on the reading that they get. So it's it, it I don't think it's, it's it's harder. It's just a point is that we are just at the point where we have to provide training for technicians. And you've you've been speaking to, as you say, to business leaders and, and to sort of companies are they telling you the kind of skills that they want from their employees, like the kind of things that they need uh, for, for your students to be able to know? Or is that something that you still have to kind of look at the curriculum if there is one for, or to look back on your kind of own training for? All right. Um, the, the, the companies that I partner with, they will call me and say, all right, Tracy, I'll take some students for job training. Are they at this skill set? Are they able to do whatever task, basic task? So um, yes, I get feedback from those persons, but in in the wider um, view of things, I don't think we are getting that feedback because what happened in Jamaica, a lot of the major companies, motor vehicle companies, they do in-house training with their technicians. So after they get the technicians from the training institutions, they build on 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 them, so they don't need to say, "All right, I need them with this skill set." Yes, they need the basics, but you know, it it is not like a thing across the board where they will tell you we need a person with this skill set. But the, in, most most of the time, as I said, it it deal it is the introductory um skill sets that they need. You need to know how to do the basics. You Definitely. need to know how to how to pop a hood and where the engine is. That's literally the extent of my car knowledge. I don't know anything more than that. <laughs> um, it must your students just must be incredibly excited to. I mean, I I know obviously you don't just do the automotive, you know, uh, teaching. You you also do a broad range of other things as well. But it must be an enormously exciting moment for them to come into say your classroom and and look at this and think, well, I'll 
by the end, I will understand what all of this does and how all of this fits together. Is that something that motivates them? That's so true. I mean, um, walking on the on the corridor along where my, my classroom is, you know, the, the lower school students, you know, like grade eight, grade seven students, they would look in the classroom and they say, that is what I'm going to do. I'm going to fix that car and get it moving. You know, when you hear them talk like that, it, it, it's such a joy, you know, to know that, wow, they are so enthused. And when they do come, you know, most of the time they believe that that's the first thing they're going to do, just jump in the car. But you have safety that they have to learn first. They have to learn about the tools. They have to learn about basic housekeeping of the of the garage and all of that. So when, when you're taking them through those processes, they're like, miss, when are we going to go on the car? <laughs> But it's a process. So they, they eventually understand. So they come in, they, they're really excited, and then a few years later they they leave. And what have your students gone on to do? Obviously, I, I'm assuming many of them have gone on to work in the automotive repair sector, but what what do they do there? Have they do they do other things as well? Uh are you still in touch with any of your students? Oh, wow. In touch, I, it's like I have a, a, a <laughs> my phone is full of them. I, I keep in contact with, with over 40 students, you know, who have left. I mean, we have we have soldiers, we have automotive technicians, we have a, a wide range of career, we have firefighters. So the ones who are in, who, who work with, the, I know um, there are two who are working as firefighters, but they also are in charge of the garage. So we have that. We have soldiers who work within the army as automotive technicians. We have persons, for example, as I mentioned, that Ola Channel Limited sponsor um, gives scholarships to some of the students. There's one in particular who's working at a big dealer in Jamaica. He called me and said, Miss, I got a job, you know, and he's doing so well. So I keep in touch with them and, and, and follow their progress. They are doing quite fine. I'm so proud of them. There's one police <laughs> who called me up, you know. You know, they, they, they do go into other areas also, but, you know, for the most part, most of them are in the automotive industry. You've got kind of a family of students, right? Right. And there's one one other thing that I ensure before they leave Jag, um, Jonathan Grant High, we apply for them to go to Jagas, which, as I say, um, do a higher level of training in the automotive field. So, you know, once they get into Jagas, we keep in touch and, um, you know, follow them through the entire training process. Um, process. So it, it's, a, it's an awesome feeling to see the students coming out doing something. You know, I'm so proud of them, so proud of them. Do you have uh, a favorite car that you've worked on? Or if you could work on any, any car, what would it be? BMW. BMW, are they the best? <laughs> I love those cars. <laughs> What makes them so good? I don't know. They're just awesome. I mean, technology is awesome in them. I mean, you know, but I, I just love that's my dream car. So that's why I mentioned it anyway. <laughs> so not just not just to work on, but to drive. It's yes. a good car. Okay. Well, you heard it. You heard it here first, everybody. BMWs are really good cars. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> um, Tracy Ann, thank you so much for your for your time today. I've really enjoyed talking to you. And uh, it's been wonderful to hear about your work and your passion for education. Um, I, I had the opportunity to, to visit Jamaica and to visit your school earlier this year. And one thing that really stood out to me, I mean, there was so much, but just the incredible positivity from, from you and from all of the teachers and from 
the school leader was just remarkable the moment you I mean even before you set him foot through the door actually before you get to the school you can see all over the school plastered these awards and achievements and then you walk through the door and there's this just incredible murals and then seeing the teachers talk to the students and that ethos of instilling positivity and aspiration uh, was, I, this is an overused word, but I, I really, really mean it. It was incredibly inspirational to me and I, I left very much on a high and looking forward perhaps one day to going back. So please let me thank you and all of the, the school teachers there. Before we go, I must say a big thanks to our principal, Dr. O'Neill Ankle. He yes. is a driving force behind. I love the opportunity to talk to him and uh, to walk around the school with him. And uh, I, uh, you know, let me let me thank you again and and him and look forward to speaking to you another time. Okay, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Old School is produced by the Barkey Foundation, a global education charity working to ensure that every child has a good teacher. Please join us next week for another inspirational story.